the golden stallion, the man of tomorrow, Sabzu, the rated R radio star, here for your live Q&A hangout that happens every month. Of course, this is the month of June 2018. Myself, just getting ready, a lot of getting ready for uh, Porkfest this week, even though I won't be able to attend all of Porkfest um, this week. This will be, well, there was a couple years ago where I missed, I, I didn't go to it at all um, for varying reasons. And then, uh, let's see, last year I caught the whole thing. This year I won't be able to catch the whole thing. But, of course, we are going to be doing the live Sovereign Tech, not, not just some Q&A. Oh, no, no, no. Thursday night it's going to be a live Sovereign Tech. And I can tell you, um, though you might hear this also in the Wednesday Q&A that will be coming out. I might talk about it uh, this week. But it won't just be me and Stephanie. Now, me and Stephanie will be doing uh, we'll be doing a Sex and Science Hour live from there. So, yes, everyone's finally going to get a new Sex and Science Hour. Um, that's going to be happening. Uh, I guess I think that one's Wednesday night is when we're recording that. So we'll do that. But then Thursday night, I will be doing the live Sovereign Tech from Porkfest from Lancaster, New Hampshire. And it won't just be me and it won't just be Stephanie, but Ellen Stallone is also going to be on the show. She has already told me that she'll be there. Uh, and who knows who else is going to show up. Uh, but that's just going to be a fantastic time. I really, really can't wait for that. Um, good heavens, my... <laughs> It looks like my, uh, I just saw my video and it looks, looks a little choppy. Let me see if I can clean that up a little bit. But anyway, good heavens. Why, what am I doing talking about heaven? That's not my town. So, uh, well, I do want to also say, um, little, little, uh, happy father's day to, uh, to all the fathers out there. I know there's some, uh, there are some good ones that I've met in my life <laughs> and, uh, you know, real quick before uh, we, we've actually we've got uh, Robin, who is my co-host on the Star Wars update. We got him uh, lined up. We're going to talk up some stuff. But before we get into that, um, talk a little bit about I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my dad because I did get some preloaded questions, and that's that's one of them is to tell tell a story about my dad. Um, so my dad uh, is honestly, uh, and he's still alive. Um, he's a genius. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, he's like really, really hardcore religious. But aside from that, like remove that that part of the equation. And he is a brilliant guy. I mean, we're talking about a guy that that worked on the Voyager program. Um, I mean, he's he's literally held, you know, the gold record, the whole thing. Um, just a just a genius uh, engineer, electrician, amongst a million other things. And not a, not a terrible businessman either. Um, he helped start one of the companies that is actually instrumental to the functioning of, or, you know, on the, on the tech angle of things, but the functioning of McDonald's, uh, believe it or not. And, oh man, um, like, I'm not going to say he was necessarily the best father, but I do have, I have one pretty good memory that if, you know, you're ever wondering, like, what's a good thing for a dad to do? What's some good advice? Cause I know, actually, I know some sovereign tech listeners, I mean, you know, sovereign tech's been going six years here. And I know some of you are now new fathers. Um, I've gotten emails from you and you've asked, oh, should I share pictures of my baby? Should I blah, blah, blah? You know, you've asked all these kinds of questions. Well, I'll tell you something that stuck with me. And I am a difficult person to impress, even as when I was a younger, when I was a kid. Uh, something that stuck with me and ironically, <laughs> and I think this is part of the reason my dad loved to watch it was because, you know, he worked in the Voyager program and then they had Star Trek Voyager. And of course, in the recent Star Trek update, we stuck, we talked about Star Trek Voyager as well. And I've told this story to a few people at times because it's just something where, you know, I thought it was just one of the most beautiful things a parent could ever do. Um, I must have been, well, at the time, if Voyager was on, was on air, I guess I must have been like, I don't know, I was younger, um, 
you know, like, like preteen, not, not necessarily a teenager yet. I guess it might've been around 14 or so. And, uh, my dad, so I was, I was sick. I got like one of those 24, 24 hour bugs, right. Where, you know, you're throwing up and you're just vomiting over and over and over again. It's really, really terrible. I mean, it sucked. And so, you know, I, I, we set up a little, little couch thing in the living room for me to sleep on and whatever. And I slept next to the television. This is back at a time where, you know, having a television in every room wasn't exactly the most commonplace, even though we were, we did have that, but like the big TV with the nice sound and all that, of course, was in the, uh, was in the living room. So I got to, uh, you know, spend most of my time there. That way my mother and whoever else, you know, could, could take care of me as needed while I was, uh, you know, vomiting and feeling sick and everything. And, you know, pale could get cleaned and whatever. Um, and, you know, I couldn't fall asleep because like, literally it's this 24 hour bug where you're just vomiting, 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 vomiting. And I know that all sounds gross, but you know, trust me, something really sweet comes out of this. At the time I was recording with VCR, I was like, I was recording every episode of Voyager that it was all, it was all from season one, every episode of Voyager that I could, I was, you know, I was recording and my dad, you know, like just said, yeah, put on some Star Trek, you know, you can't fall asleep, put on some Star Trek. And he just, the, the couch was, was kind of behind me and he just laid in the couch and he literally stayed up with me for it must have been like 20 hours before i could ever really fall asleep and he just stayed up with me and there was some odd 20 episodes or like 19 maybe episodes of voyager at the time and we just watched the whole first season he watched the whole damn thing with me and and like talked to me about it what was going on within it and everything and you know just to kind of like have that that sort of you know when if when parents can have that connection and really appreciate you know, what their kid is into and, and really take it seriously and really want to connect with them about that. I mean, that was a really, that's definitely my fondest memory of my dad, uh, was, was doing that. I mean, we did other cool things too. My dad would, uh, for actually for the local skating rink, he would fix some um, arcade games. And so our garage would be filled with arcade games, uh, often enough. And of course, you know, my dad needed to make sure that his repairs actually worked for them, um, or, you know, or, or you did the job. And so I got to play a lot of the arcade games and everything, but he wouldn't necessarily like playing those, but I mean, that was always really nice of him too, but yeah, definitely the fondest memory of my dad was we watched like the entire first season of Voyager all in one shot. And it was just, it was a beautiful thing. And, and I just, I felt really like I was really being paid attention to and respected and that I was into cool shit, you know? Um, because my dad was such a genius, like admittedly for a good chunk of my life, I was always kind of like looking to get him to call me a genius. Like I wanted to, you know, I think there be a cultural or what, I don't know, but certainly a lot of, you know, young boys look to get the approval of their dad. And when your dad is, you know, that fucking brilliant, well, you try to be that fucking brilliant, I guess. And I certainly tried and always look for kind of that approval. Eventually you get over it, you know, and, and, and you realize maybe that's not so necessary, but, um, but it was cool that, that he took Star Trek really seriously with me. Like that was, that was really, really something. So yeah, fondest memory of my dad. There, there it is. Uh, again, not to say he was perfect, not to say that it was always so loving and kind and all that, but, um, but that, that really stuck out with me. So maybe that's something you'd want to do, you know, with your, with your kids It's like really, really pay attention to what they're into and, and have a care, uh, about it and, and maybe do a little marathon with them, do a little binge watch. You know, I think that could be a, that could be a nice thing. So anyway, we have other preloaded questions, um, but we also have people right into the uh, right in the chat room here. So why don't we go ahead and get to that first? Um, and if you are in the YouTube chat, uh, feel free to, you know, send in comments. In fact, I uh, got some comments here. Hello, what's up? 
do you do you the newer pork fest events more do i like the newer pork fest events more or the older pork fest events so let me answer that quick before we bring robin on um yeah oh, that, that's a tough question so the i i think the idea is is that now pork fest is more geared towards families as to where it used to be more of a party like you'd have the big gay dance party and everything i will say this Here, here's how i'll answer that question I like it when Porkfest had the big gay dance party. I, I always enjoyed the hell out of that and would attend everyone and get dressed up and everything it was a really great time. Um, did you have, let me, let's get to the next, next one here quick in the YouTube chat. Uh, did you have a better relationship with your dad or mom? Um, I think I feel closer to my dad because like my dad was into the same shit that I was uh, really you know, and in fact, I've often said like the best thing my mom did after my, when my parents got divorced, um, my mom was pretty hands off with me. Like she just kind of let me do my thing. And I did all kinds of things going to strip clubs, you know, casinos and everything. Cause I always looked a lot older. Like, I, you know, I've been balding since I was 15. So I've had my head shaved for a long time. Um, but she just like let it ride and let me do, and let it do things. So I didn't necessarily have a close relationship with her, but I do give her credit for just letting me go, you know, like, like, like letting me do my thing, uh, which was, which was really great. My, I don't think my dad would have been, uh, so good about that, but, uh, yeah, my dad and I were definitely closer cause we, we had very similar, uh, interests and I just always thought it was so cool that he worked, you know, effectively with, with NASA at points. Um, let's see your dad introduced you to start or did your dad introduce you to star Trek? Uh, was your dad a techie guy too? Yeah. My dad was a total techie guy. Uh, and yes, he absolutely introduced me to Star Trek. Um, I can I can vividly remember the first time seeing Star Trek, the motion picture. Uh, I can remember the commercials when I saw it. It was on ABC. It was the ABC Saturday night Saturday night movie. Um, I was probably like five. Like, I mean, I, I can really remember it that well. Um, and he was all on it when Star Trek The Next Generation came out. We'd watch the original series together and everything. I mean, yeah, he definitely got me into that. Uh, and, and, you know, Star Trek gets you into the tech stuff. But when your dad is an engineer, you know, world-class engineer like that, certainly, um, you know, that gets you into it, too. So anyway, and somebody said that that was a nice story. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, so you can get more questions into the YouTube chat if you want as we go along. Otherwise, I do have other preloaded ones, but let's get to Robin uh, right now. And I think Robin's got a very specific topic he wants to talk about some of the new hotness that's going on. So, uh, Robin, you can go ahead and unmute yourself and and we can. uh, What what do you got, man? How are things going? Hey, man, how's it going? Good, good. (laughs) Yeah, I was hoping we could do some game talk. You know, we had uh, um, E3 here this last weekend. Hmm. And uh, just wondering what you thought. There's, there's anything that stood out to you? <sighs> I mean, the main thing that I paid attention. So, so here's the thing with E3, right? Is uh, like PC gaming is never a huge deal there. I know PC gamer tried to make it a big deal at E3. Yeah, um, they've got their know, own e- show that they put on. Like it's across the street, right? And another form. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and, and like, I've always been such a PC gamer. Um, I do pay attention to what's going on with Nintendo. Um, I don't so much, I didn't really pay attention to what was getting announced, you know, as far as Sony or Microsoft goes. Um, so, and and also, like, there there was kind of some thunder stolen, I thought, this year. And I, I'm dying to hear what, what you thought all about it, but I'm just, you know, giving some quick takes here. Um there was some thunder stolen from the fact that like there was the announcement, not from E3 necessarily, but 
just the gaming uh, uh, world in general that there's going to, there's already like a couple of triple a games that are getting made for the next generation of consoles and we there's even been code names that have come out for the new xbox that's supposed to be released by 2020 uh and so like there's i feel like that kind of news that the, there's there's the next generation of consoles coming in the next couple of years at least from perhaps sony and microsoft nintendo i don't think so much uh I thought that kind of stole some thunder from everything that was talked about. Um, I looked into what electronic arts, you know, had to say, because EA is really like, I, I've said this before. I think it's its own country. Like it's literally a nation, like yeah. you know, it is, as real as the United States, in my opinion, uh, electronic arts uh, really is. And so I checked out some of that. I mean, there wasn't, you know, and, and even what Nintendo talked about, I, I don't know, like I wasn't that impressed. I didn't yeah. walk away from this, like, Oh, holy shit. I can't wait for that to come out. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and also part of that is I have like a very, like, I mean, the gaming industry has changed so much to where everything is really about not so much about DLC and stuff like that, but more in-app purchases and, and just so much, um, you know, massive multiplayer. Yeah. Games as a service. Right. Yeah. That it, it, the shit just doesn't excite me anymore, you know? So, but, uh, but I mean, what did you have? What what were your thoughts on it? With one exception, I pretty much had the same feeling. I mean, I kind of came away from the whole thing kind of just like really appreciating my older games <laughs> a lot. Yeah, more, right. You know, um, but um, I, I will say that that um, and I do have, a you know, one one criticism of this, this too. But uh, the one thing that really impressed me was was Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. That was really good. Yeah, so uh, this is by the same company, or what is it, CD, CD, CD Project Red, yeah, CD Project Red, right? This is the same people that do the Witcher series, which right. is tremendous, um, right. and they're they're also the people behind GOG, uh, good old games, uh, GOG.com. Right. So yeah, I agree. This is something I saw the trailer. I think they did like a real initial trailer like two years ago, um, and I uh, mentioned it, was, it on the yeah, show. it was quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah, but that okay. So that's one game. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one where I was excited uh, because it's the right company, right attitude. I think, and of course, you know, you can't go wrong with something that just looks like uh, you know Shadowrun. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's 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 um it's based on the original uh, Cyberpunk 2020 uh, pen and paper RPG. Right. In fact, the guy who who created that game uh, is kind of like. Uh, I don't want to call him a developer, but he, they have him as a consultant okay. on the series. So he's like, he's deeply involved in, in the creation of the game. Um, the one thing I didn't like, and, and is like, apparently, you know, and, and all the companies do this, they have kind of sort of like a, uh, a private demo for the journalists where they show like gameplay footage and, but they don't release it to the public. Right. And everything that I've heard from anybody who got into that was just totally blown away. And it just sort of like, why don't they show it? <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a good reason not to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, like those things have been around for a while and, yeah. and, and honestly, like the, the best press that you can get or isn't so much what the, what the press even says about what they saw, but often, or like the, the feeling is with, in the, in the gaming industry is that if the press are even just willing to go play, then you've got them like, like, I mean, then, then that's something very exciting because a lot of times they just won't even bother. 
you right. know, to, to mess with something. So, but right. yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah. I I'd love to know what the hell all that was or to, for them to show it off. Uh, I imagine it won't be too long before they do give us a, a little bit more, but yeah, man, that's, yeah. You never know with CD project red though. I mean, they really are just playing by their own rule book. Sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, and, and that's okay, you know, because yeah, like, no. yeah, I mean, Nintendo works on its own rule book and its own timeline. Right. Um, like, I mean, one of the nice things again, that came out of uh, Nintendo's aspect of E3 was them reiterating, you know, the, the 3DS isn't going anywhere. Like th- this is something we're going to keep making games for. It still sells. It's selling better this year than it was last year. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason really to stop. And that's great because like I said, when you have the other companies that are already planning on their next generation to come out, uh, pretty quickly actually, but you know, by 2020, um, you know, for, for Nintendo to just be like, well, you know, we're, we're doing great. We don't need to fall into that trap. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's, that's the right attitude. So if CD project red wants to take their sweet time, yeah, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I do hope they just take their sweet time, but it does sound like the game is getting like, it's getting there. And yeah. What, what they have so far is, is it's, they're ready to start showing it off from what it sounds like. Cause they are running a live demo apparently at the uh, at e3 so you know and and yeah to be to be running live code code at e3 i mean that 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 tells you how far along that they are yeah yeah so well i mean maybe they'll just like drop it on us honestly like for christmas you know like i i I could totally see that that they just like boom here you go you know and and just like knock the world yeah Um, i know other companies had like success with that because you know like uh I think Bethesda did that with Fallout 4 and even though the game didn't turn out to be that great it was right. it was a huge announcement and it just totally blew people away and it's like you know here it is here here you know this is what it looks like and you can have it you know in a couple months yeah and you know sometimes like this game could be really done honestly and and because what what a lot of these game companies will do uh is they will they will time like they'll wait for someone else to drop something and just to like, you know, in, in a game of one upsmanship, you know, they'll they'll hold on to a game sometimes for years before they'll actually drop it. Um, like I, I think back to, well, I guess like a high profile example would be like when Sega dropped the 32X, right? Which which at first Sega was treating as a huge deal. Then suddenly that same day, Nintendo releases Donkey Kong Country. You know, it's like, boom, you know, I mean, and, and Donkey Kong Country goes on to be like the third you know, or one of the biggest selling games of all time, but like the third best selling game on the super Nintendo. Right. So sometimes like these companies will hold off and it'll be very strategic. And I don't have a problem with that because I mean, right. that's one of the things that I still do appreciate about the gaming industry is that it is still such a competitive market. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like I could picture valve coming out with some kind of shocker this, uh, you know, like say this, this holiday season or something. And I could imagine that Gog or CD project red would know about it. And that they might be like kind of lying in wait that those they've got something big developing and, and you know, we'll just shock the world. You know, yeah, I don't know what's going on. With, you know, they recently bought another company. They bought the company behind that game, um, Firewatch. And I can't remember the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. The company. But I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly not expecting much from Valve these days because they stopped making games a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they did a couple of those interviews where they said they wanted to get back into it, but I, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's kind of, we're, we're, we're well past the phase of put up or shut up with them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, I mean, they really just have to, they have to release stuff and, yeah. and not, not even bother talking, like stop talking and, and just, just put shit out. Right. Um, I mean, honestly, even like a Dota three would be great, but 
Yeah. So, I, but I, you know, I, I felt the same way coming out of E3, like you were saying, how you really appreciated your older games. Um, I, I mean, I, I think there's a great reason these mini consoles are selling like hotcakes is because people are just, you know, sick of all this. I mean, I remember, right. so go back to like 20, I guess this might've been 2010. That's when I really, for the first time saw where you had, there were so many games and so many AAA titles coming out per month that it was the first time I felt like, no, there's no way I can play every game that comes out or like every yeah. major game that comes out. Like it's, it's just not fucking possible. And then the games, a lot of, like you said, games of service, a lot of the games that were talked about, I mean, even Nintendo was like, Oh yeah, we're going to get Fortnite, We're going to get this blah, blah, blah. You know, like those are games, th- those games are our lifestyles and maybe not in a good way. You know, they're, they're yeah. in some ways, maybe they're even worse than world of Warcraft. Um, and I, I get annoyed well, it's, by that. It's, yeah, it's it's well that they are kind of all in their own sort of like market and culture. I mean, it's the whole esports thing. Sure, which right. to me that is a ridiculous sort of name. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I I don't I I can't not recognize that it is a thing. Yeah, of course. Uh, but but here again, to me, it's just kind of silly, and that's not something I have any interest in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I like the idea of video games being competitive. Like, I love Street Fighter tournaments or, like, Super Smash Brothers tournament, tournaments and things like this. But a lot of these other ones, it just feels, I don't know, it, it feels like a trap. <laughs> it's a tarp. Yeah, yeah, I don't I, I don't know if it's trap. I just, like, I, I to me, it's just, like, I've never really been that into multiplayer games. Same here. No, totally. Same so here. I just, it just doesn't, it doesn't tickle my fancy. I, I, right. I, I'm sure it does it for other people. You know, I know it's a big thing in the culture of some countries like Korea. Oh yeah. 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 Well, but then, I mean, also like Korea is a great point to bring up because I mean, they have like some very different mindsets um, there right. as, as far as like interactivity with honestly, with groups of people. I mean, like they, they right. have very different ideas yeah. uh, and, they, and like there's games that are unique to Korea that you can kind of see it on display. It's this like abstract thing that just gets lost in translation whenever you try to bring it to uh, or put it in English. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great point to bring up too, but. So, Hey, you, you mentioned um, EA earlier yeah, and um I'm wondering what you what you think that's going on with it because it definitely seems like they're they're in trouble this year. I mean they've they've just had kind of one snafu after another. Yeah, I felt like they were playing things kind of conservatively at E3, uh, where I don't know, like they're totally reaching into the whole retro box, meaning like with what they're doing with Battlefield, they're going back to like old Battlefield's uh, styles of gameplay and even right. themes and everything. And there's um, even been a backlash against that. I mean, it's just, it's sure. totally bizarre. And I think I, I, some part of it, I think people are, are not even necessarily reacting to the things that they say they're reacting to. You know, I think they're reacting to just kind of like uh, a general sort of, you know, uh, displeasure with the company and the way they've been, you know, running the company. Yeah. I mean, I think battlefront two really hurt them, you know, star Wars battlefront two. Yeah, like, absolutely. That, that is a major, major burn. And, like and and I think it's it's hilarious because uh, we we didn't of course you and I Robin we do the Star Wars update for uh, Sovereign Tech patrons once a month. Um, this is something I'm sure we'll talk about in July. Uh, but there was a Jedi Fallen Order. Is that the new? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is the new. Right. They but I mean all they really announced was the name and and the time period it takes place and that really hasn't been any news well, other than that. 
they did say that it was concentrating on single player. Yeah. And I think that that's fascinating that that's like, because you would think that's anathema, right? Because especially when you look at the rest of E3, like what, what the hell are you, you know, what is this? But they are concentrating on storyline, more single player. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, yeah, know, I, I don't mean, know, the, but I mean, they, they can still, the, the thing is, is that EA has proven that they, they can integrate these, these live services even into single player games. So it still remains to be seen whether or not they're still going to be pulling some of the same shenanigans. Sure. Sure. No, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But yeah, I, I think, I think there's, yeah, the gaming industry is pretty interesting right now. I'm going to be curious like next year's E3, what the narrative is going to be compared to this E3. Yeah. But this is probably the most lackluster E3. Yeah. Honestly, that I can think of where it just wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't really exciting. And a lot of the exciting gaming announcements were other, other than uh cyberpunk, uh, uh, Twenty seventy seven there or whatever um was happening like months before and completely outside of that and everything mm-hmm. i mean and and honestly a lot of it had to do with the retro consoles that everybody was just you know going yeah. nuts over so yeah I hope next year we, times i hope next year we hear something about metro point prime four yeah yeah um i mean you know that's the thing too like nintendo's what do they call them nintendo direct like that's the name of their little conferences that they'll mm-hmm. drop out of nowhere those are white hot right now. I mean, yeah, you know, people yeah. get so excited for those and they make a lot of their big announcements with that. And yeah, Metroid prime four, uh, I'm all about it. I, I was pleased with uh smash brothers ultimate that, yeah. that Nintendo announced. Um, that's going to be exciting. And that's, I'm totally, you know, I'm now I'm down for getting a switch because yeah. smash brothers is what it's all. Yeah, about. Yeah. I wish I could get one too. I mean, there, it looks like a great, and they're, they're doing, that's apparently the console's doing really well for them. So, I mean, Oh yeah, they could, they're they're doing serious money. Yeah, I mean, they, like, they could coast right now, and they're, they'd be doing just fine. But I mean, I don't think they are. I think I think they've probably got some big things, even other than just Metroid lined up, that is probably going to, you know, continue to impress. And I really sure. do hope they keep they they to support the uh, the 3ds more because we need some more you know big titles like we got, uh, like the 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 Metroid Two remake. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward. They do have the remake of um, of Luigi's the original Luigi's Mansion. They did the sequel to Luigi's Mansion. I was going to say, didn't they? They just come out with the sequel recently. Well, it was a couple of years ago. It was Dark Moon was that came okay. out. Um, right. and that's a great. That's a, that's a rock solid game. Lots of fun. Um, but the sequel or the original that was originally a, a GameCube launch title. Right. Uh, they are going to be re releasing. I actually, I think it's this fall. Uh, and they, they have some other stuff, uh, lined up, which by the way, folks, if anybody out there has a 3ds right now, they have an awesome E3 sale going on and you can get some, like you can get Xenoblade Chronicles for like 25 bucks. And that's like one of the best games ever made. Uh, and, and the 3d ver- or the version on the 3ds is far superior to any other system. Um, even though I think the Wii was the only thing it was for originally. Uh, but yeah, good stuff happening there. So yeah, the 3DS not not dead. I think they've got some other great titles, honestly, uh, lined up. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there are a few announcements. Um, I actually, I so little heads up. I pre-recorded the because I'm going to Porkfest. I pre-recorded the Wednesday Q and A uh, for this Wednesday, and I actually talk quite a bit about uh, about E3 and Nintendo and all that in in that. Um, because I had some people ask me about it already. So oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, your... no, no, I mean none of this conversation actually, or I mean this is original to what I talked about. Okay, um, cool. In the well, I look one. forward to that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no worries, no worries. So uh, anyway, Robin, you got anything else, man? No, I think that's it, buddy. Cool. 
um, you know, feel free to, uh, you know, chill out or whatever. I'm going to check the YouTube chat here and see what we've got getting asked around. Uh, By the way, I'm back here. Oh, Daniel's here. All right. Yeah. Daniel, actually, if you got something, man, why don't you go for it? Well, actually, I don't have very much. I just wanted to convey my most heartfelt condolences to that you have that had a very unfortunate situation at home with his parents. So, Oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Daniel. It was, uh... Yeah. I, I, I didn't really have anything to say. I just wanted to convey my most heartfelt condolences to who had a very unfortunate accident. Well, whose parents were in a very unfortunate accident. Oh, and I just wanted yes. to. Yeah. You're talking about the, the cyber yeah. technician. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- whoever it is, just my most deepest console condolences to you and everyone in your family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll say the, the first name, rich. I don't think he'll mind. Um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that was really, that was really something. And definitely I, I knew when I said, you know, that, that condolences from all the sovereign tech listeners and certainly the patrons, um, you know, I knew, I knew that was legit and thank you for reiterating that Daniel. I appreciate it. So, um, okay. Uh, we got, actually, we got Jacob in the, uh, in the hangout. Jacob, you want to, you want to get on? Got some, some live stuff to talk about. Hey, how's it going? Hey, there he is, man. There's that, that hair. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Drives me wild every time, baby. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, uh, the order of time. Order we'll time. Oh, the bit. book. Okay, so yeah. I did a, I did a Patreon episode where I reviewed um, Carlo Rovelli's The Order of Time. Carlo Rovelli is a world famous um, Italian Italian uh, astrophysicist. Uh, you know, amongst other things, uh, very very popular. Has had a few books, all of which uh, have been fantastic, in my opinion. Not that I agree with them one hundred percent, but uh, you know, this is a guy. You know, this is definitely your Stephen Hawking style kind of guy. If if you haven't heard of him yet, you know. Just give it a little bit of time. Um, no pun intended there. But uh, sure. So order of time, Jacob. What do you got? Yeah, I uh, uh, I just started listening to it. Uh, so I'm only about an hour in. I mean, it's only like a four-hour audio book. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, I I just, you know, kind of wanted to echo some of your sentiments about how, uh, how great and mind-bending it is, even... <laughs> Even just a quarter way through the book, uh, the the whole uh, discussion of uh, now not really existing in a in a concrete way, right? Yeah. So let me let me rephrase or, or you know redress um, some of what what's in this book. His basic idea is that time do, is is completely like it's like a social construct. It's not something that actually scientifically exists. Um, like the, the best thing that you could possibly prove would be the past. And that's only by the second law of thermodynamics, because there is a point where something was, say, less hot. OK, uh, and, and that's provable. But otherwise, you have no like like this idea of now, this idea of other things based upon, you know, uh, theory of relativity. Like everything's relative, like there, there is no actual like hard now there, you know, you're everything you're experiencing is at the very least, you know, nanoseconds to milliseconds away from what from, you know, the photons that actually hit you. So I'm being very brief in that. Um, but yeah, the book is an absolute mindfuck in that way. I definitely recommend people listen to my review on Patreon if they haven't yet. Um, but what what else? Uh, so I mean, so you were agreeing, you, you agreed with his point, like there is no now. 
Uh, well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, uh, you know, read popular science books about, uh, uh, you know, relativity and uh, quantum mechanics and that's that, that type of thing in the past. So, I mean, uh, that argument, I mean, it makes sense how everything is, time is just relative to everything else. Uh, sure. Every moment is just relative to other events. Um, uh, but, um, I mean, you mentioned the way, uh, how some of the language is, uh, you know, uh, very poetic. Uh, I, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's one of the things that is, has really got my, uh, mind churning a lot, you know, a lot of popular science books they're you know, they're, they're well-written enough. You can understand them, but, uh, there's something about the writing style that is just, uh, um, it's, it's ignited my mind more than, uh, uh, any other, uh, uh, science book has in the recent past. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is, that's really like that something that makes it stand apart from say like the works of Brian green or even Neil deGrasse Tyson, a lot of these other more recent ones. Um, and this is a point I've made actually a few times, um, but I've made on, on certain best episodes of sovereign tech where Ellen and Stephanie are on, but like not just with science, but I guess, you know, one can make the argument, everything's science, but poetry and even poetic language really puts on the why, like it gives you, it's not, you know, cause science is very much the how and all that. I mean, and yes, it's part of the why, but like, what does it personally mean for you and how does it integrate in your life and everything? Poetic language really does that. It gives you the why kind of, uh, innately, you know, it's almost like when you use that kind of language, when you're talking about science, I think it's almost like the, uh, the serif on a font. Okay. Um, where, where it's supposed to like help you read, you know, if you're reading text, it's supposed to help you read in a straight line when it has the little serif, which is the little line that, that makes them all connect. And then of course there's fonts that are sans serif. When you, when you have something that's poetic, I think it, it or when it has a poetic language, it totally helps you understand. And again, it gives you the why of why is this important? What does this mean to you? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you recognize that as well. Um, Ellen actually read the book too, and she said the same thing, like that. It was just, it was so beautifully written, um, that you it can't help but engage your mind in ways that many books just don't. Uh, so yeah, that you're definitely spot on, I think with that, Jacob. Yeah. And it's not directly related to the book, but, uh, to your review of it, you were mentioning, mentioning about your theory of, uh, the spiral and, you thought of that as possibly a representation of time. Uh, uh, for a, I've uh, long conceived of time as sort of a spiral in my own, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in my own head. I ever since I was a little kid, even I, I don't know why I thought of it that way, but um, in you know, in a certain sense, I did. Um, and you know, to your point, it it makes sense, uh, you know, because. The, the year is a cycle and you, right. you know, you're constantly uh, uh, moving in a circle, but it's a little different every time, you know, there is progression. So it's, it's, it's not a, you know, not a straight circle, but uh, you know, uh, you, you more spiral. Yeah. So you yeah. come around to the same, to the, to a similar point every time, kind of like that old, uh, uh, that saying history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. Yes, exactly. So yeah, that's the thing is that I think ideas work in that way. 
you know, and if Ravelli's right in his book, The Order of Time, if, if he's right in that, you really just have events, you don't actually have things. Um, like ideas happen in a, in a spiral fashion, like going up yeah. a staircase, you, you know? Yeah. Okay. You, you, you fine tune the idea perhaps a bit, but it's not necessarily new. You just are kind of retreading some other ground as you go up, you know, as you go up this, the staircase of ideas. Um, and I, I think time, you know, works in that way. I mean, my, my best description of time is that it's a mesh. Um, and that's, that's what I've really held on to. But I think that the way you could show a mesh in a petroglyph, you know, a spiral is about as close as you can get or a series of spirals, um, some of which touch and some that don't. So, yeah, I, I think, I think if we're really paying attention to things, it does just kind of make sense. And certainly as children, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're brilliant as children. I mean, hopefully we stay brilliant as adults, but we're certainly brilliant as children. And so for you to have recognized it then, I think makes all the sense in the world, at least to me. Uh, so yeah, right on, man. Uh, any other comments on that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I've got to get back into it. It's, you know, I've still got, a, you know, three quarters of the book to go, but, uh, you know, looking forward to finishing it. And it, it might be one of those ones that I will require a reread, uh, in the, in a print or ebook edition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's definitely a short book that you can reread, you know, and, and it'd be like reading, you know, one normal book. Right. I mean, and, and that's, that's really helpful. So, uh, cause I've gone through it twice already. Um, I definitely, you know, I haven't deleted it from my devices or anything cause I really want to go through it a third or fourth time, um, to, to really get down just exactly how Ravelli's putting things. Uh, so yeah, just a fantastic little book. His other books are, are great too. Um, certainly the, uh, Oh shit. Now I'm trying to think of the name, but anyway, the seven, seven basic, Oh yeah. The seven brief lessons yeah, of physics lessons and physics. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and reality is not what it seems. That's the other one, uh, which has a lot more to do with quantum loop or loop quantum gravity. Uh, all of which I think are, are really interesting, you know, uh, ideas to look into that aren't exactly mainstream yet, but are certainly being explored by the mainstream. So, uh, yeah, great stuff. So I got anything else, Jacob? Uh, just a couple real short things. Uh, you mentioned someone asked where you get audiobooks from, and oh, I yeah. just wanted to, I just wanted to recommend audiobookbay.nl. Ooh, that sounds uh, like dot uh, nl. So Netherlands. Yeah, that means. Yeah, that, well, yeah, that's that's the current uh, top level domain on it. It's had others, you know, like the Pirate Bay or any other torrent site. Uh, you do have to create an account to access the, uh, torrents, but you don't need to give them an email. Just, uh, you know, throw away, uh, name and password will work. Um, yeah, well, I mean, right. and that, that makes sense because the Netherlands is, uh, well, I, I tell people all the time, if you're going to torrent and, you know, set your VPN for the Netherlands because their, their downloading laws are, are really, uh, really lax. And so, you know, you're kind of in your best shape doing that. So, uh, yeah, great recommendation. Audio, audiobookbay.nl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, uh, what else you got? Oh, um, have you seen, uh, Elon Musk on Twitter the last couple of days, your buddy Elon. <laughs> no, I haven't. What's he, what's he doing? Oh, well now he's up to, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, he declared himself a socialist of some sort. And then yesterday, what? yeah. Uh, then yesterday he, he says more specifically, he is, 
uh, a utopian anarchist in the E&M Banks vein. He said that yesterday? Yeah. Holy shit. Well, this is going to get talked about on Sovereign Tech. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I well, I, I was saying this for Bezos that that I think he like has he has the he's trying to actually like create you know very much the culture I think or from the culture series of E&M Banks which is that's what that's referenced to which they are kind of socialist utopian anarchists in that um yeah I'm not I'm I'm kind of not surprised to hear to hear Elon Musk say that I mean honestly like to give Elon a little bit of credit um I actually wrote a blog post years ago about the the way that he does that his business functions um, and not where it gets its money, but just how it's, it's hierarchy. And it's actually a union of egoists uh, that, and and I think he's aware of that. Like he knows that that's how he set things up. Um, So I'll give him that kind of credit there. That is very, very interesting. And I have to chew on, on what you just uh, informed me of Jacob. So, but I mean, do you have any thoughts on it? Well, I don't, it's, it, I'm not I'm not too sure about it. You know, he's, he had some other other things going on, too. Uh, uh, someone asked him about some details about uh, how a Mars colony would be governed. And he uh, uh, he advocated some form of uh, direct democracy. Yes, and, I do uh, remember that. Yeah. And 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 well, uh, he. Uh, oh, he he reiterated that yesterday because someone asked him about that. So and I'm not, I'm really not quite sure where he's coming from. I mean, I know he's a fan of the culture, his, his barges that he lands his rockets on are named after culture ships. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical of it. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, go ahead. Oh, I just, uh, I know that, um, you know he's he's been getting a lot of shit from uh uh from certain people since he uh uh you know came out yesterday talking about all this stuff um uh, yeah you're saying he's not living his principles with you know the way he treats uh workers in the tesla factories and uh mm-hmm. you know if, if direct democracy is so great why are you know why don't you uh implement those in tesla you know and 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 so it, uh, like I said, I'm a little skeptical. Um, do you know who, uh, you probably know who William Gillis is, right? Oh yeah. 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 Old Rechelon. Yeah. He's actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. We know each other well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, he's, uh, uh, the director, I believe of C4SS. Correct. Um, and, uh, uh, he said that he'll have an article, uh, uh, sometime this week breaking down, uh, Elon Musk's uh trolling as far as uh the whole socialist and anarchist yeah. talk is go- going okay well that's something i'll keep an eye out for and would probably cover it i mean i'm happy to promote c4ss on sovereign tech at any point and and uh, william he and i we don't see eye to eye on everything but you know i definitely respect the guy <laughs> well, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me i mean i mean he's he's very combative so yeah yeah he he does not well he he's not he doesn't seem to be a big fan of egoism so uh, but yeah. anyway um but he is a brilliant guy uh and actually he can talk as much anarchism as he can astrophysics uh he is like a a, a really really uh, brilliant guy 
so, well, that'll be interesting to, you know, to kind of dive into that. I mean, I could see where, where Elon Musk would might be into like the works of Murray Bookchin because Murray Bookchin, as much as he was an anarchist, uh, like when you read his book, Remaking Society, which maybe I'll release that um, because I, I got a lot of Bookchin's works scanned um, and I'll release that on the, the books.zog.ninja uh, uh, site there because that's worth reading and he because he's really big on direct democracy like you know on, on like voting for fucking everything you know like that book chin's really on that but and i also but at the same time i, I would never claim as, as as problematic as that can be i would never say the book chin's not an anarchist um i i think he has some very brilliant ideas uh, quite frankly so well we'll be deep diving into that i appreciate you bringing it to my attention man yeah yeah you definitely want to look into that but uh yeah that's uh that's pretty much all i got today so Cool. All right. Well, let's take a look in the uh, YouTube chat and see what uh, see what we've got going on here. Uh, let's see. Do okay. Here's a here's a question. Do you find? Where is it? I lost it. Oh, do you find that modding games is more difficult? Uh, more difficult now than perhaps it was in the past. Uh, yeah, definitely because now they want all these games connecting to servers somewhere to verify shit. I mean, it, it's it's really a a pain in the ass, and which is sad because you know we had great games like Gary's Mod, that, god damn it, like that was the pinnacle of gaming evolution, and and we just kind of dropped that off. Uh, let's see. Or I mean, you know, Minecraft you could say is infinitely moddable, and it's still you know one of the most popular, if not if not the most popular game in the world. Um, but that's kind of a different animal. Let's see. Uh, the fallen order reveal was like someone forgot their homework was due and threw something together. Yeah. That's in reference to the game, star Wars fallen order. Uh, other people asked about or expressed their, um, uh, their condolences to, uh, rich who had, um, Richard actually specifically there, there's, there's a couple of like relatively well-known Richards or rich and a Richard in, in the sovereign tech, uh, community. So, um, anyway, let's see. Do you do you read technical science books at the undergraduate or graduate level? Um, de- depending on what kind of science we're talking about, uh, like cryptography is a science. At that, I would say I read at the graduate level. Um, you know, I do have my CEH and everything. I mean, and I, I read those. I, I've briefly mentioned that in the past that I read those. Sometimes those are weekend reading just because I like to keep on top of this shit, even though it's not stuff that often has a lot of bearing on what I talk about on CyberTech. I just like to know where, where this stuff is going and, and what new developments are um, are happening as far as that goes. But everything else, um, I stick a little more to the popular science books as, as far as that goes, even though I don't think I'm a I don't think I'm a, a terrible armchair physicist. But um, yeah. But anyway, but that's why, you know, I surround myself with with actual scientists. <laughs> that's why I have Stephanie and I have Ellen and, you know, whoever else that that really, you know, they're 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 knee deep. Um, let's see. That's the thing I always loved about Sagan. Yeah, Sagan was poetic in his day, you know, like, I mean, I love the way you talk about, you know, uh, getting ankle deep into the shores of the cosmic ocean. I mean, all that is definitely very poetic. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, school and society kills children's brilliance. No doubt about it. It absolutely does. Um, it really, really does. You know, it's a miracle if kids can make it out of or can make it into adulthood with their imagination and creativity intact. It really is an absolute miracle because society does everything it can. Um, you know, and I, I'll blame parents too, not just schools. Uh, you know, society in general does everything it can to to just turn you into the average because society is built for the average, right? It's not built for the 
ultra dumb or the ultra smart, you know, it's just not. And so, you know, both kind of can honestly, even the dumb, you know, can, can suffer because society is so built for the damned average and it's really annoying. Um, let's see. Yeah. Audio, audiobook Bay is great. Awesome. Definitely. People want to check that out. Audiobookbay.nl. Um, there needs to be, here's another question or a point. Um, there needs to be an unlimited download service per month for audiobooks. I don't know why such a service hasn't taken off yet. Now, We've talked about Stephanie, of course, who is uh, is is a voice artist. Um, we've talked about this briefly on on a Sovereign Tech Prime episode because Amazon, which owns Audible, so Audible came out with a unlimited package for romance novels, and the both the writers of the romance novels and the voice performers, the narrators of these novels, they're getting screwed, and they're having to like put out um, like bonuses effectively to various you know just to make it worthwhile so the unlimited audio package is not like as far as what what audible has experimented with so far it's not working out very well for the content creators who ultimately amazon has to be pleased but really you know you you know the content creators are going to stop if they're not making money off of it it's it's actually a pretty ugly situation i don't know if that's ever going to get resolved um but yeah, like a Netflix for audiobooks, it would seem to just make sense in what goes on, you know, in, in, in how things are working right now. But at the same time, I do wonder, and I mean, and, and I think, look, I think Amazon is looking to turn everything into a subscription service. That doesn't surprise anybody. And I'm not the only person that thinks that. But at the same time, um, I think the economics of how a lot of this works, you know, the, the Piper might be getting paid. Finally, I think Netflix engages in some really funny shit. I think they they're they're so secretive about their numbers and they're often the example of, oh, no, this is the powerful company. This is the company that's doing all the success. There's a chance we could find out in the future that actually Amazon's not doing very good money at all. Um, but I mean, there's there's some proof to it. But then based upon the amount of things that they have to do, ah, oof, I don't know. Um, real quick, I will mention, um, I have not seen the Sense8 finale yet. That's out there. Um, have not watched that yet. Um, I have not watched Voltron Season 6 yet, though I am excited to. And the reason I'm actually excited to, I don't know what's going to happen in it. But the one thing, and this isn't really a spoiler, I learned that it doesn't end with a cliffhanger. Fucking finally. Give me some, like... I get so sick of every season of every fucking show ended with a cliffhanger. I understand why they kind of have to do that at times, but you really don't have to do that every time. Like give people some closure and the Voltron itself is, I think they're contracted for a hundred episodes and they've only done 78. So it's not like we're in trouble here. It's not like there isn't going to be a season seven, but regardless, um, I'm really glad that, that it sounds like it didn't end with a cliffhanger or not that it sounds like it didn't end with a cliffhanger. That's great. Um, let's see what else we have here. Uh, I bet this is a lead up to more UBI stuff. Uh, yeah, with right. Like with what Elon Bezos, a lot of this other, what these guys are doing, being into the culture series and everything, which understand, remember, we talked about this on Sovereign Tech Prime episodes, you know, Elon's really into the culture series. Well, who's making, who's actually making the culture series into a, a, a TV series. That's Jeff Bezos. I mean, this, these guys are really, really into the stuff. And you know, that's not that's not new. Like Silicon Valley used to be accused 30, 40 years ago. OK, when the valley arguably kind of just started, used to be accused of being a bunch of Randians, meaning that they were just all into Ayn Rand's work, you know. And so now I think the argument might be able to start getting made. In fact, I, well, I want to see what uh, what 
uh, Will Gillis comes out with as far as his uh, assessment of Elon Musk. But now maybe you could say that they're all in the vein of E&M Banks, you know, and hey, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes of that. Um, let's see another, another question here. Do you like flying in planes? Um, yeah, I don't mind flying in plane. I've jumped out of planes. I, you know, it, that's, it is what it is. Sometimes my knees hurt a little bit, <laughs> you know, because of it when I'm doing squats. Uh, but, um, oh, it looks like, uh, the, the video froze a, a little bit there. Let's see. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind flying in planes at all. I don't know. Do any of you guys have, have like issues flying in, uh, flying in planes? Maybe my audio is still coming out fine. And, and just the video froze here. Um, when did I jump out of planes? Uh, this is when I was in the U S army. Um, and cause I did go to airborne school. So I had my little red beret. I had the whole thing. Um, and which it's a requirement. It was a requirement to go through airborne school when I uh, became 37 Foxtrot, which is psychological operations. So once I, when I tra- when I transferred from 31 uniform to that, uh, I had to go through the two weeks of airborne school at, at Bragg, um, or no, I'm sorry. That wasn't at Bragg. That was at Benning. I think, Oh, I, I went to too many of these things, but anyway, so <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy few years, boy. <laughs> uh, and not really actually not funny, but okay. Um, let's see, uh, dark Android 2018 coming out when, so the dark Android 2018 book is actually all done. Um, it is wholly waiting on, Amazon and create space to approve it. And in fact, it's a little scary because we need to have books available at Porkfest and Amazon slash create space. Amazon owns create space is giving me uh, a little bit of trouble uh, with all of this. So um, we'll, we'll see what, you know, hopefully that'll all be cleared up and hell at maybe it'll be out tomorrow. Maybe it'll be out tonight, but uh, the dark Android 2018 book is completely done. And this is why we like to centralize solutions, right? Because then we don't have to rely. We don't have to wait for Amazon to, to give it the okay. And we can just put it out there, which I will be making it available in other ways. There's, there's varying reasons why, uh, like the 2017 book, why it never got put out um, independently outside of Kindle. There's, there's reasons for that. Um, there, like there's very specific terms of service that I generally really don't give a shit about, but there's general terms of service for when you sell a book in the Kindle store, how that can work. Um, but there's also going to be an audiobook of the 2018 edition and everything. So yeah, hopefully, you know, literally within the next 24 hours, the book will be out, but we'll see. Um, flying for the first time to Porkfest. I look forward to seeing you at Porkfest, my man, right on. Um, audio is fine. Good. Okay. Let's see. I would be scared to jump out of planes. I think I would have to be semi high for me to feel relaxed about jumping out of a plane. Um, and it looks like somebody else will be at Porkfest too. Great. Can't wait to see all of you. Uh, so yeah, you know, jumping. So the first time when you're first jumping out of a plane, the, uh, for me, the easy part was the jump, you know, like the real easy part was the jump. The part that is, is genuinely scary is, did I remember how, you know, the parachute works? Is this thing actually going to work? Blah, 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 blah. But you know, when you look down and everything and you see my, my, I mean, and everybody's experience is different. Okay. You know, certainly. And especially when it's something like, you know, jumping out of planes or skydiving or shit like this, when you see just how wide open and there's no obstacles in front of you, right. 
it's not it's not hard to to just jump out you know especially if it's out of the back you know uh, you know you know out of back of c2 something like that right it's it's actually like that part's really easy because yeah you're afraid of hitting the ground i suppose but really like it's not as scary even as say like the first time you put on a pair of skis okay because you got to watch out for the trees and are you going to hit a slope are you going to run into somebody all this stuff none of those fears exist when you're looking out you know the ass end or the side of a plane and you're going to do a jump like they're just that part is actually really easy the part that just scares you at all is whether your equipment's really going to work um and the first time that you that you touch down the first time you touch down it uh that that kind of hurts like you're just not you don't know how it's going to land and you don't know how to land it but after the first time you know exactly it, it's usually very smooth and you know, you know exactly how to set your feet and, and away you go, you know, and you land and you might run a little bit, but that's about it. Um, it's not, I, I think everybody should try it once, you know, as long as you have all the health stuff that matters or, you know, you don't have any health issues that would be, that would cause an issue for you with that. Um, it's really not as bad and, and it can embolden you. I could see where it could embolden people, you know, and, and get rid of some fears when you finally do that, because you'll see that some of these things just aren't that scary. So but anyway, I, you know, I've done it many, many times and you get used to it so quickly. Uh, in fact, I mean, it's far less scary and less, um, hmm, what's the term I'm looking for? It's nowhere near as bad as riding a roller coaster. Like I, I would, I would far quicker jump out of a plane than I'd get on a roller coaster, uh, personally, but that's just me. So, uh, let's see. All right. So audio is still going through fine. Um, we've got. Well, it's almost five o'clock, so we can start uh, wrapping stuff up a bit. But uh, all right, something something I, I want to get out there. Uh, wow. So real quick story. I there is a band called and it, it came out of nowhere. So so here's what's really cool. So I got a very nice thank you um, from the drummer of the band Power Glove, which I've talked about in previous Wednesday Q&A's. And I'm a huge fan of Power Glove. I've been a fan of Power Glove for a very long time. This guy started following me on, on Instagram and everything. And I, I thought that was really, uh, you know, like that was really cool. And so I followed him back, Basil Silver. And, um, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, thanks for talking about us on the show, blah, blah, blah. And so I see him like a picture of him with his girlfriend. And she's a very attractive woman. And I see her wearing the shirt that says Battle Beast on it. And it looked like like the cover art for some album for some band. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is Battle Beast? I'm like, what the, what the hell is this? And I go and, um, you know, I look up, let's just say I go to one of those sites, kind of like Audiobook Bay, but maybe not for audiobooks. <laughs> and I look up Battle Beast. And so, you know, I'm checking them out. And holy shit, folks, if you are in any way into like your, you know, kind of power metal, you know, sort, sort of your like Power Wolf or Dragon Force or... Um, you know, Sabaton or any bands like this battle beast will kick your ass. I mean, holy shit. They have like four albums out there. Their latest one came out in 2017. Uh, it's called bringing the pain. And there's some tracks on that. Like you could almost dance to them, but I mean, but it's metal. I was blown away. Then I find out. So as I'm going through this and as I'm listening to these four albums, one of which I had to purchase, uh, you know, I mean, just some of the best music I was working out to it yesterday was tremendous. Uh, then I find out that the band had a little bit of a split a couple of years ago 
And so there's, there's kind of, it's sort of a situation where like with Queensryche, with the band Queensryche that I'm a huge fan of where uh, Jeff Tate, the lead singer of Queensryche, he left Queensryche, tried to make his own Queensryche, but then there was, you know, an IP battle over, over all of this, over the name Queensryche. And he created a band that he just called Operation Mindcrime, obviously named after the classic album by uh, Queensryche, which, you know, Operation Mindcrime, the, uh, yeah, absolute classic. And so now you, you know, in effect, you have two Queens Rikes, even if one is, is, doesn't have the name. Well, Battle Beast, same situation happens. And you end up with this other band called Beast in Black. And I think maybe that album, which they only have one that came out last year called Berserker. I think that might be the better album than even all the ones from, <laughs> from, from Battle Beast. So, oh, it's, it's just the, all, the, grab all five of these albums, whatever you got to do to do it, because every one of them is just just solid gold and even stephanie was listening to it and she's like wow this is great and she's not that much you know she's not necessarily a metalhead so much uh but she just absolutely loved it so yeah battle beast if you want to you want to check out something you want to get rocking tonight that that is uh that's your ticket uh to go for it so anyway all right we're we're pretty much at the hour mark here so i am going to go ahead and wrap things up um i appreciate everybody that sent in their comments and questions uh and everybody that that came on um that came on to the came into the hangout uh you know great to hear from jacob great to hear from robin great to hear from daniel you know all of you uh that was that was fantastic i look forward to seeing some of you at pork fest um again i'll only be there really wednesday and thursday are the only times you're going to see me so if you do want to see me you know don't be looking for me on friday and saturday or, or sunday or something um but uh we'll be around thursday is going to be a very busy day for me because i have the uh, workshop in fact behind me on the video you might see there's a tablet hooked up to you. You might see a computer here with a command line. Um, that's because I'm actually loading up some of the tablets for the dark Android workshop that I'll be doing where people will be walking away with dark Android tablets in their hands that they can go forward and use and do all the dark web shit. They want to do whatever the fuck they want. Um, so that's going to be a great time. And I have a talk also. Uh, so, I mean, I, I Thursday is going to be nuts, but you'll, it'll be easy to find me. That's for sure. Um, so, all right, well, I'll, I'll wrap that up with that. I had a couple of other preloaded questions that people are going to ask, but maybe I'll save those for a future, uh, Wednesday Q and a, or maybe even a future live hangout. We will, uh, we will see. And I still want to do a live hangout. I think it'd be awesome if we did a live hangout where, where Stephanie and Ellen were on too. Uh, maybe we can make that happen. Um, and, and hell, you know, let's have all the co-hosts. We can have Robin on too, you know, and I'm, I'm sure he'd be down for it at some point. Yeah. He just gave me the horns. So fuck yeah, baby. Um, all right, that's it for your uh, June live hangout Sovereign Tech Q&A. Uh, again, thank you to everybody that participated. The audio version of this will be out in pretty short order tonight. And I will see all of you woo, on the other side. <laughs>